0: seek you in that um, and just to know that whenever we need something or whenever we just want to talk that you're there God and we thank you for that we thank you for that love just be with us today God amen amen you may be seated good morning church good morning. Oh, that was pretty good I expect everybody to kind of like tired and somber that's because I'm tired and somber uh I learned real quick that I'm not as young as I once was. Uh, My wife and I decided to take our uh, kids over to the airport for them, and we said, you know, we'll just come to your house, sleep on the couch, and then take you at 4 o'clock in the morning. And that wasn't good because there was no such thing as sleep that night. So it really kind of made for a weird weekend where we're just like zombies. And uh, sore zombies, though. Like, that's the other thing about a certain age. You start getting sore if you sleep on something different than you should be sleeping on. Anyway, if you are brand new here, my name is Daniel Baker. I'm the pastor here uh, and one of the many that we have. We have uh, some great elders as well. Um, But it is a great day. It's pouring, but it still is a great day. I found out we had a really good men's fellowship yesterday. Uh, the men got together for the first time uh, in a long time, and I'm really glad they were able to do that. I played hooky because, like I said, I was taking my kids to the airport. And uh, sorry, I will be at the next one, uh, I promise, mostly. I don't want to make a promise I can't keep, so something always comes up, right? Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so that, I heard it was really good. Uh, there was pancakes and, and sausage and stuff, so thank you, uh, Monica and Jean, for helping serve that. I'm really uh, grateful for that. There is a women's uh, fellowship coming up in February. That's tomorrow is February already. So uh, in February on the 19th at 6 p.m. right here at the church, on the 19th at 6 p.m., you're welcome to come and be a part of that. And then right after church today, we're going to have an all-church meeting. So if you are a member of this church or you've been going here for a long time, uh, we want to encourage you to come and stay after church. Uh, listen to what we're planning for this coming year. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the budget. And that's never fun, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, but we have some exciting things coming up, <clears throat> and I want to make sure that you guys all get a chance to hear that so we can stay transparent what's going on. Um, we're not moving too far. Um, we're just going to relocate the building into Warrantown. I'm just kidding. You're like, what? No, I'm joking. That's a huge job. Anyway, if you are here and you feel like filling that thing out called the connection card, it is in your bulletin, please do so. Let us know that you're here. On the back side is prayer requests, next steps, things like that. Uh, We will take those during the offering at the end of the service. Uh, Great, thank you. How about we pray and we'll just jump right in and get started this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for the ability to come and worship you in a dry environment that you've blessed us enough with this building uh, that we can come and worship freely here and we just pray that our time this morning is pleasing to you lord god i ask that you would just remove all burdens and distractions and anything that was with us when we came into the building lord that you would remove that so we can see and hear you clearly lord god we do love you and we thank you for everything in jesus name amen Can I get you to turn me down just a little bit, Gavin, please? Thank you. Well, we are in a brand new series called Relabeled. Uh, Relabeled, I've been thinking about all the different names and things that we've all gone through uh, growing up and, and labels that have been attached to who we are. This is not an easy topic to cover, but of course this really is touching on our past. Things of our past. What is it we had to move past from? Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about forgiving others. Uh, That's always a fun one, learning how to forgive. Uh, It's not at all fun. It's really a difficult topic, but we need to learn how to do that, especially as Christians. Uh, We're going to talk about apologizing. How many of you are really good at saying sorry? Yeah, I didn't think so. So we need to talk about that as a church on learning how to apologize. And then we're going to cover overcoming failures. Have any of you ever failed at anything in your life? Never, Never right? Just perfect, every, everything I do is just amazing. Yeah, right, right? So we're going to talk about that, but today, like I said, we need to talk about removing the labels as we go back into our past to remove the labels so we can come forward a child of God. I mean, that's really what we are now. If you are a follower of Jesus and you are in Christ, then you are a follower of Jesus. But the world likes to graciously give us names that we don't really want. It happens to all of us. Right or wrong, you've been labeled. Some of us have right labels where it's not so bad, but then some of us get labels that we really don't want attached to our name. And you might know what I'm talking about. Have anybody ever heard of Attila the Hun? Right? Or Conan the Barbarian? Billy. The kid, Buffy the, there you go, Vampire Slayer, that's right. And then, of course, the most famous of them all, Winnie the Pooh, right? Well, I'm Daniel the Prideful. That's me, I'm Daniel the Prideful. But now I feel that I'm more of Daniel the Overcomer of that pride. I still carry it, it still sneaks in on me sometimes, but I like to think that, you know what, I'm working on getting over pride and moving forward. Uh, it's a negative connotation that I don't like attached to my name. What negative connotation, what label follows you? What is it that you've attached to yourself? Think about it. We've all got it. Are you doormat Dan? You let people just walk all over you all the time. It happens all the time. What about maybe you can't commit Karen? Think about it. You you were going to get married and then you say, Nope, new guy. Nope, new guy. Nope, someone new. Hothead Steve, always have a temper. No matter what you do, you are always angry, and you can't stop. You're hotheaded all the time. Maybe you're party girl Brittany. Okay, I don't really think Brittany's a party girl, but, you know, she's out there, whoop, whoop, you know. Um, anyway, but you just, you can't stop wanting to go out on Friday night, Saturday night. You can't even make it to church Sunday because you're hungover, and Monday's a stretch. That's what happens? Maybe insecure Sam. You're always insecure on everything that it is you do, or you're worried about what other people are thinking about you, and everything is just like, oh, I know they're talking about me. Maybe overly sensitive Jan. How many of you know someone that they just cry over everything? Happens to a lot of us. Irresponsible Jim. I knew you were going to be here today. I knew as soon as I said that, he's going to show up, right? <laughs> or the most famous of them all, average Joe. Right, We've all heard that one, just an average Joe. My poor son, his name is Joe, and he's average. That's just the way it is, average Joe. So what is your name, and what is your label? What is something that you were raised with that you still carry on to this very day that's been attached to you, that's attached itself to your past? Something that the world has given you. We've all got it. We all know ourselves better than anyone else other than God. And maybe you've given yourself a name. My son, he likes to tell me that he's just angry. He's an angry kid, so he's just angry. Angry Joe. And I try to tell him, I'm like, no, that's, that's not who you are. That's what you're being. There's a huge difference. And today, I just pray that you guys all hear this. This is a huge statement that I know that if we were to plant this into our hearts and into our minds, it would change a lot about how we think about ourselves. God's power is bigger than your past. His power and His salvation is so much more than any of our paths. His truth is bigger than anyone's opinions. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. It's what God thinks about you that matters most. What does He think about you? Now that you've said, you know what, I'm going to walk with Him. I choose Him. I am in Christ. That's the opinion that matters more than any. And then, of course, the next one is yourself. How do you view yourself? So what's true about you? It doesn't have to necessarily be true about you tomorrow. What's true about you today? You walked into this room today, and if you give your life over to Christ, and you say, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ, that doesn't mean it has to be true about you tomorrow. A lot of times we have to ask for forgiveness because we did something today, but that doesn't mean that's who we have to walk as tomorrow. Men, you know what I mean. How many of you have ever been in the doghouse? I've been in the doghouse once or twice. Just once or twice. I had to ask for forgiveness. At that moment, I probably had a label next to my name, like jerk, hothead, angry all the time. Think about it. We all carry these labels. But how do we know that it's true? How how do we know that God says, you know what, you're different now? How do we know that we don't have to carry that past? How do we know that we don't have to have that label, that we can allow ourselves to be relabeled? It's the Bible. The Bible tells us so. Just like that little kid's song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That is one of the most true hymns and kid's songs of all time. That preaches because it talks about Scripture. Scripture is how we know who Jesus is we know his love for us we know that scripture says those who are in Jesus have been given a new name you have been relabeled you've been given a new name and there is a new God-centered view of who you are the moment that you say I'm in Jesus there is a new look you have a new you standing right in front of the Lord when you clothe yourselves in Jesus you've been relabeled 2nd Corinthians 517 says this this is the New Living Translation version It says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation if you are in Christ you are a new creation that means you are born again brand new it says the old has passed away behold the new has come that's pretty great I mean think about it. that is a really great statement again I had a bunch of you asked if you've ever failed, and a lot of you raised your hand. Well, guess what? Your failures don't define you. Your past doesn't define you. Jesus defines you now and your future. So I've got three things here this morning that God says that we are new in. The first thing is God will give you a new name. It's a promise. All the way back in Isaiah 62, too, it says, you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. From the very mouth of God, He has given you a new name. Now, He's not going to change your name from Alex to Joe, like He did Peter, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But He can take away the old label. He can take away the one that says, Prideful Alex, or Average Joe. Anything like that. Removed it and says, you know what? You are now a child of God. Have you guys ever noticed little girls when they're in school, like junior high, high school, they're dating for the first time, they get super excited about the guy that they're dating, and everything on their paper, the full paper is their signature like 6,000 times, but it's not their last name, it's the guy that they're dating's last name. They're learning how to write their new name, right? It's, It's new to them, they're excited about it, and it's coming around. I can see Eva now, she's just like, she was so excited, she met me, she started writing it. She didn't. I just wanted to feel good. and Oh, well. Anyway, she didn't do that. But even in Scripture, all through Scripture, God has given different names. There was Abram and Sarai, changed to Abraham and Sarah, father of many nations. Their names meant something at one time, but He gave them something bigger and more important. He gave them purpose with their new name. Jacob was changed to Israel. My chosen one, my chosen people. Gideon was very timid. Then he became mighty man of valor. So timid Gideon, to warrior. Think about that. He didn't change his name from Gideon to something else, like we see many times in Scripture. He just changed what he was. He became a man of God, a warrior for God, instead of someone that is timid. As I said, my old name is Dan Daniel the Prideful, or Prideful Dan, however you want to call it, or Daniel the Broke. It's a good one until you get your paycheck, and you're like, not for today, I'm not broke, but tomorrow, yes. But I'm growing into my new name. I have a new name since I became a child of God, since I decided that I was going to work in ministry and, and go and make disciples, which I promised to do, so my new name is Pastor Daniel. I'm still working on that one, but you know, you got, you got the gist. I'm different. Being a pastor doesn't make me different. Being a child of God makes me different. And you're just the same as I am. All of us. If you are in Christ, your new name is forgiven. You've been forgiven, transformed. Think about it. Your heart is being transformed in the image of God, in the likeness of Christ. You've been healed. That's a huge transformation right there. Healed. An overcomer. Loved. I know know folks that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that just wanted to be loved. And it all started back from when they were small children. Their parents didn't love them the way that they should have been loved. So that one thing that they held on to more than anything was that label of unloved. Until they meet Christ. And then they become loved. Maybe you've become a spiritual leader in the household, which you've never been before. He's helping transform you into that spiritual leader. Maybe healthy. You're changing right before everyone's eyes. I can tell you just a few weeks ago when we started our health class, I had to do that because my cholesterol was going through the roof. That happens again. It's one of those things when you get old, it happens. Well, I started eating different foods, and my cholesterol is back down to normal just by food. He helps us to see the things that we need to do, and He'll give you the strength to do it. My favorite one, though, is you're made new. He makes us new. We can stand in front of the Father, righteous in His eyes. We don't have to worry about standing there and go, all right, just take it easy on me. I'm about to hit judgment, right? But we can stand in front of the Father because we are in Christ, a child of the Most High. A child of God. That is our new name. You, Jerry, are a child of God. That is your new name. For those of us who have chosen Jesus. And with that new name, God gives each of us a new purpose. God gives you a new purpose when we choose to follow Christ. I can't tell you how many people want to serve after changing and giving their lives over to Jesus, they want to do something. They don't want to be that old person anymore. They want to let it go and move forward. How many of you have heard the name Simon in the New Testament? Simon. His name was changed. He was an uneducated fisherman. He was a hothead. He was extremely unstable. He was unpredictable at times. You could probably go down to the docks over there and find a few men just like that. Because he was a real man. But what was amazing is God took this unpredictable, unstable, angry little man named Simon and made him a fisher of men. A fisher of men. To go out and do God's will. Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18 says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Do you see the names that he's choosing for us do not come out of the lips of Jesus here on earth, but from heaven itself. And he says in verse 18, And I tell you that you are Peter, and, at, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will never overcome it. That's a good reminder, too, for us that went through when we watched the doors close of this building. This church will never be overcome. His church will never be overcome. Just because the doors shut temporarily... We could meet at the beach. Maybe not today, but we could still meet at the beach. Keep that in mind. Peter was relabeled. He was given a new name. He went from Simon to Peter. And we don't just get the name. You grow into your name just as we grow into our purpose. Peter had to do the same thing. Peter wasn't just like, okay, you're the rock. Not like the rock from the movies, but the rock to build the church on. He had to grow into that position. He grew into his purpose. He grew into his name. If you remember, Jesus was with Peter for three years, and Peter was still a hothead for most of the three years. And he had to slowly chip away at who Peter was to change his heart and change his mind. If you remember, Peter was the guy, he failed miserably. He told Jesus to his face, I will never let you down, I will always be at your side, and I will be there to protect you. And as soon as Jesus was captured, he's like, Whoa, well, I, don't, I don't know that man. I don't want anything to do with that guy, I don't know who he is. Three times he denied him in his face. After he said, I would be there for you, he denied him. How many of you have ever failed God? Yeah, I hope everyone raises their hand because there ain't no one in here perfect. He denied him three times, but yet he was still forgiven. God still forgave him for denying him in his face in front of all of his friends and everyone, even though he said he wouldn't. And then on the day of Pentecost, the very first day of the church, he spoke with boldness and truth. And he wasn't a hothead and spontaneous and sporadic. No, it was narrowed in He became his new name, the rock at which Jesus can build his church. He wasn't born a rock. He became the rock. He died one. We all can do that. We all can have that same change within us. He can take our greatest weakness and make it our greatest strength. You might be a little prideful. That's fine. He can use that pride, which means he can make you bold in what it is you're saying for him. Peter was a prideful man and angry. If you're going to be angry, have righteous anger, but just don't stay angry. I was once Daniel the Procrastinator. All my Fantasy League football team names were Procrastinator. That's who I am. I would always wait to the last minute to make changes. But now I can honestly say that I work day in and day day out for the church. I don't procrastinate like I used to. There's a few things. I still might procrastinate a little bit. It's part of my nature. But that's not who I am. That's not my name. I work hard for the church. I put in a ton of hours for this kingdom. And I do it to honor God, not myself. Again, it went from arrogance or narcissism even. That's who I was. I cared about myself. Me, myself, and I. How many of you ever heard that saying when you were growing up? Right? We'd use that as kids, not realizing exactly how bad that saying actually is. But now we use it to serve his church. Maybe you have suffered being an addict in your life. Addicted to something, whether it be drugs and alcohol or pornography or food, who knows? But now maybe you can overcome that addiction. God says, You know what? That doesn't have to be you anymore. I want to make you whole and new and an overcomer. And now you can help other people overcome their addictions because you understand the struggle. It's real, it's tough. Maybe uh, you've dealt with being overweight. But now you can actually go and help someone else feel secure in who they are instead of insecure in their skin. Or maybe you can say, you know what, I'm going to eat healthier and you're going to help other people eat healthy by doing that and recognizing your old self doesn't have to be your new self. Maybe you're not very good with money. There's a lot of people that aren't. I want to introduce you to a guy by the name of Dave Ramsey. We're going to be having a class sooner than later. When is that? The 16th of February? So the 16th of February, we're going to start the Dave Ramsey class. Come learn how to budget, how to save, how to pay off all your debt quickly without going back. It's really good. It's really good to be debt-free, I promise. And the last thing is with a new name and a new purpose, what does God give us? Help. Help. He's the advocate. He sent us His Holy Spirit to dwell in us so that when we're living out that purpose and we're walking in that new name, He can walk us into that new future. A new future. Our future does not involve our past. The rearview mirror in a car is not what we drive with. We use the windshield because you can see so much more and so much more clear. Jesus is the windshield, not the rearview mirror. Not everything in our past is bad. We have really good memories, but there are some things that we don't want to go back to. And he walks us into that new future. Philippians 1.6 says, "...being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on into completion until the day of Jesus Christ." He's not going to start something in you that he doesn't want to finish. Now, you can choose to walk away at any time, But if you choose to continue to follow, he will continue to work on your heart and work on you and help change and transform you. He's not going to leave you hanging all by yourself to figure something out. Now, he will go, okay, well, you want to do it all yourself? Go ahead. I think our our father up there in heaven, smiling down, has a really good sense of humor. How many of you are like, I got this. I'll just do it myself. We talked about this with pride. And that usually means that's when you're falling off a ladder or dropping something that you shouldn't have dropped that broke. I can't tell you how many times as a kid, how many of you guys just struggle with one trip from the grocery store into the house instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to carry a couple bags, I'm going to do ten trips instead of one trip. Well, I was the one trip guy. I thought I would grab all the bags, all the milk and everything. I can't tell you how many gallons of milk I've dropped. And I still couldn't figure it out his pride gets in the way and it's like look quit saying you got it and allow me some room to work and then he starts saying hey this is better for you one one trip at a time do 10 trips it's 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 that simple really he's like look there's a better way his ways aren't always easy they're not always going to have stress or anxiety attached to them he wants you to be a little bit nervous Because then we can rely on him more. If you think you got it, he'll say, good, go for it. I don't care. Have at it. I can't tell you how many times I've found myself that way. Maybe you have found yourself, how many of you have always thought you're always the bridesmaid, never the bride? I, I know women my age that they are still not married. They've been invited to hundreds of weddings. Never had Mr. Right come along. Like I said earlier, you can't commit to anyone. Maybe you're that person. You've never committed. You've wanted someone in your life, but you were always afraid and insecure to move in and take that next step so you can trust someone. That's difficult to trust people. We're people, and we're really good at messing things up. We're hard to trust. We're good at that. Maybe you think that you're the only one that's been divorced. I promise, you're not. It happens to all of us. I hope it doesn't happen to everyone, especially in this room, but it has happened to a lot of us. We've dealt with it. We've gone through it. But that doesn't mean that's who we are. There's churches out there that will condemn you for life. But when I look at what's the the only unforgivable sin, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, rejecting God, not divorce. I'm not condoning divorce. Not at all. But that's not your label. That's not who you are. You are a child of God and you will fail. We've all done it. He can help move past that and grow for those of us that seek forgiveness. Maybe you think you're a bad husband. I don't know. You carry that label. Or you think you're a mom that'll just never measure up. You can change that. You can change who you are. I can tell you I was not a good dad when I was in my 20s. I was not a good dad when I was 17. Who would be a good dad at 17, right? I'm ashamed of how I raised my two oldest kids because I didn't know how to. I didn't follow Christ. But I can tell you that I'm not that father anymore. I'm a new creation. And now I work on building that relationship with my older kids to tell them who Jesus is, to help them walk in Christ. Even their hearts can change too because of that. But what happens is we fill our hearts so much with fear and it stinks. Fear stinks. We allow the opinions of others and of the world to latch onto us like a leech and we carry it on like it's going to be there forever. That is not who any of us are. We are not our past. We are not our yesterday. We are children of God. He has made us new in His image. I love the story of Rahab. Rahab, if you want to go back and read the story about her, she's back in the uh, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Rahab was mentioned eight times in the Bible. And she's known as Rahab the prostitute. How many of you would like to have that name attached to you, right? That's a good one. Rahab the prostitute. Eight times in the Bible she's mentioned, and six of those times she's mentioned of her job or her sin. Six of the eight times she's mentioned in the Bible for her sin. Rahab the prostitute. She's a prostitute. That prostitute. I don't want mentioned in the Bible at all with anything that I've done in my past. And this poor woman, that's how she's identified. Rahab the prostitute. So I guarantee you she's walking around thinking and she's used goods. She can't be anything. But I know that she was willing to risk her life for God, the God of Israel, hoping that God would want her. And he changed everything. After she was willing to risk her neck for God, she put up two men into her house who were running from uh, the enemy, and she put them up. And because of that one good deed, God says, you're not Rahab the prostitute anymore. You can take away that name. You are serving me and following me. She married a God-fearing man named Solomon. Salmon. We know it as salmon because we go salmon fishing. But Solomon. Rahab had a great, 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 great grandson. Could you guys imagine who that might be? His name was Jesus. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus, the one perfect anything ever to walk the face of this earth, came from a virgin, but before that came from a prostitute? Excuse me? Jesus. Yeah, that's going to make some people in some different churches go, I don't think so, boy, you watch your mouth. Well, I'm here to tell you, Rahab was known for being a prostitute. It was mentioned six times in the Bible. And her great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson was Jesus. Same bloodline. That's amazing. He can use anyone. He can use anyone. doesn't matter how broken you are. Philippians 3, 13-14 says, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on forward. He doesn't say go back. Quit going back. You don't have to worry about who you once were. You're not that person anymore. You're a child of God. You chose to follow Him. He says, look, push on forward. Your reward is great. It's not going to be here on earth. It's in heaven. I don't want anything from this earth. It's temporary. It doesn't last. It rusts. It goes away. Think about the greats of the Bible. People that were well known in Scripture. David was a shepherd boy. Oh, he's just a, a little shepherd boy. Boy, he's weak. And he turned into a giant killer and a king. This little shepherd boy. God used him. Thomas the Doubter, he doubted Jesus straight up, but yet he was the first one to stand strong and be stoned for his faith. He went from doubting to bold and willing to die for Jesus. Are you? How many of you were doubting Jesus when you walked into this room? You said, you know what, I don't really really know that guy. I don't really want to do that religion thing. That's not what this is about. This is about trusting God who came to earth, hung himself on a cross. And it's been proven historically in documentation that this really happened. And Thomas, the one who doubted, then saw, then got stoned for it. And he wouldn't back away. How many of you, if you didn't believe something, you would allow yourself to get hit with stones? doesn't make any sense, does it? He believed. Like I said earlier, Gideon, the timid, the afraid, he was hiding. He was hiding from his enemies, but yet he became the biggest and best judge over Israel and he became known as a warrior, a warrior of God and for God. How do you become go from being afraid and scared to being a warrior? Just like that. It's called following God. Zacchaeus, the, the tax collector, he was a corrupt little man. All he cared about was making another buck and then Christ made him new and he was willing to give everything back away times 20%. And he wanted to follow Jesus. So he's no longer known as Zacchaeus, the tax corrupt collector guy, to know a man of God. A man of being forgiven. It's not what you were that matters at all, but what you can become. And that's what God is looking at all of us today. He's not looking about what you've done, who you were. He's saying, I know what you can become, and I know who you are. I made you, I called you by name before you were ever thought of in the womb. And yet we allow the world to label us. Oh, he had six wives. So what? He's still married to the seventh. Great. Now he's living for Jesus. Serving the church. Making disciples. Helping other people that are going through a divorce to say it's not the end of the world. Think about it. God can use anyone. Any of us in this room. There's no label more powerful than Jesus. There's no name more powerful than Jesus. And that's the name that we get to wear. We get to name ourselves after Jesus. A child of God. Forgiven. Saved. Bold. Redeemed. Man, I I love wearing those names. Those are great labels to put on. For the longest time, this was me. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says this, Control your temper for anger labels you a fool. <laughs> I was a fool. And sometimes I can become a fool again really quick. It happens. Ever smash your knuckles working on a car on a cold day? You become a fool real quick. But that doesn't mean that's who I'm going to stay. I don't want to stay there. God moves us past that. Ephesians 5.8, it says, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in the light of the world. Walk as children of light. Quit walking the old you. You don't have to walk in that darkness anymore. He says, move. You are children of the light now. Move in light. Walk in light. Walk as a child of God, spreading that light. Move it forward. Act on your new name, not your old name. Your new purpose, not your old uh, purpose. You didn't have a purpose before, but now he's like, look, I'm going to walk with you into your new future. Walk with that, and walk in confidence. My name once was Dormat Dan. Now it's Daniel the Bolden Christ. Here I am, preaching up in front of people, which I still think is weird. Can't believe I do this. Maybe it was your name was Michelle the insecure but now you're insecure or you're secure in every step that you take for the Lord. Bob the critical, I'm going to see good things now from now on instead of being critical of everything that I see and touch, I'm going to see the good in it instead. Do you see you can change it? Just like that. Maybe your name was Sean the addict, but now you're set free. Free, man. There's nothing like freedom. Mike, the fearful. You're gonna finally ask her out on a date. <laughs> I can't tell you how many young men I see. Oh, I really like her, but there's no way, dude. Just go ask her out. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Get rid of the fear. Get rid of the fear. Maybe Melissa, the timid. No longer will you walk. Being timid. God is who we are, is who we follow. God, the creator of all things, the master of your life. And yet we can still walk ourselves in fear. We can still turn around and look back in the past and fall right back into that rut. What's your new name? Who is it you've allowed to take over your life? What's your new label? The label of your past? Hope not, because the label of your past will only limit God's plan for your future. God has a plan for you and your future. He wants good things for you, not who you used to be. You've been relabeled. We have a new label. It's forgiven, made new in Christ, born again, born again. awesome. (laughs) You can walk out of this door and no longer have to say, you know what, that was me and I'm still that. No. You can say that was me and I'm no longer that. That was me and I'm no longer that. No one gets to put a label on you anymore except for Jesus Christ. He's given you a new name. The old one is gone. A new creation, as Scripture says. Is here you are a new creation we're people we mess up we've done things wrong we fall into addiction we've committed adultery and fornication we've been angry we've done so many things wrong every one of us in this room has done something we shouldn't have done but God says no you're made new through his blood, we're made new. You've been given a new name. Allow yourself to live in confidence as you carry that new label. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just want to pray right now for anyone in this room that walked in here today that they're not comfortable with who they are. They, they haven't allowed themselves to give themselves over to you they've carried too much of their past and it's been a burden lord i ask that you would lift that allow them to see themselves as you do not as wretched but as righteous lord god i know so many of us have chose to follow you but i ask today lord that you would lift the burden of our past off of us lord as we try to persevere as we try to move forward, looking at you to do so. Diving into your word to change our thoughts and our minds and how we see the world. Help us to change who we are. Lord God, help us to wear that new label with joy and grace and mercy. Being happy that we aren't that old person. Help us to carry that light from that grace that you gave us onto others as we go into the world and not being judgmental. Lord, you have changed who I am, and I know that you have changed so many in here. Help us not to forget that grace that you've given each of us. Lord God, as we get ready to take communion, help us to let go of of the old us that old label that we've carried into this room help us to let that go as we take time to sit down as a family and commune together remembering the sacrifice that you gave for us that allowed us this new name this new creation Lord God let let our time this morning be pleasing to you we sit in remembrance of your sacrifice. We lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are going to come around and pass out communion. If you just want to hold on to that, we'll take that together. In Isaiah 51, 11, says, The Lord has rescued and will return. They will enter Zion singing everlasting joy and joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Think about that. It's through this This is what will crown our heads with joy. What He has been willing to do for us. This is how He renamed us. This is how He gives us a new creation. It's through His body and through His blood. He said, this bread represents His body and He will carry out this mission of being lashed over and over and over again for each one of our sins. He never deserved it. was us that deserve it every one of us and he took that and he did it so he could give us a new name without us being healed we can't carry that new name he loves us that much as any good father would he said you know what i'm going to stand in front of this for you so you don't have to go through this So this morning, when you eat this little piece of bread, all I'm asking you to do is think about the sacrifice that Jesus went through for you to help you be redeemed, to say that you can be healed. It is through His body. So let's say thank you this morning. The blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Without it, it is impossible. It's impossible to get to heaven. It's impossible to be forgiven without the blood of Christ. It is impossible to be relabeled without this cup. Impossible. But that's what our God does the impossible. Our God has done the impossible. He came, He shed His blood for each and every single one of us for the forgiveness of sin and conquered death three days later. And then He says, Now you too can have a new creation. So as you walked in one person this morning, let's say thank you to Jesus as we walk out a child of God. Let's say thank you. oh it's good stuff now's the time that we get to worship in the physical giving back physically this is where we give our tithes and offerings for those of you online obviously you can't give physically unless you do so online you can mail it in you came prepared today to give that's what we're about to do Is a blessing for my wife and I that we are able to lead this way as we do give faithfully here. Uh, God's church does not grow without help from his members. It's impossible. We're almost there for the big give. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. Today is the last day to give for the big give. Today. We're at twelve thousand five hundred dollars. That means we are $2,500 shy of meeting our goal. And we're $4,500 shy of meeting the miracle goal that I had back here in the back of my head. So anyway, I want to pray for that fire department. I look forward to next week giving them a check. We're going to invite the Gearhart Fire Department come in for second service. That's when we're going to do it, second service. And we're going to hand them over a check. For their new lucas device which is a life-saving device that does CPR. so let's just pray over our tithes and our offerings as they come in heavenly father i thank you for this morning i thank you for giving us this warm building yet again but lord god we know that this building would not be here if it was not for the generosity of every person in the church lord god thank you for giving my wife and i the ability to freely give to you and saying you know what lord you are in charge of our finances and we thank you for that Lord God, I ask that you would bless this tithe as it comes in. Let it be more than enough to do your will. Lord, we pray for Gearhart Fire Department as they come in next week to receive the check that we're raising for them. We pray that every person in that fire department hears your gospel that day and give their lives over to you. Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us yet again. In Jesus' name. Please join us as we uh, sing one final worship song today.